Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We're sticking with a college tennis theme on today's show, and while today's guest is not the head coach of one of our Cracked Rackets preseason top 11 men's teams heading into this season, he and his team are certain to play a big part of this 2021 year. Of course, I am talking about NC State head coach Kyle Spencer and his Wolfpack team. All of us during this ITA kickoff weekend draft were wondering who was going to be the first team to go to NC State. We all anticipated that would be one of the toughest regions to advance out of throughout the country, and that's exactly how it played out. Stanford, Tennessee, Old Miss, all elected to make the trip to Raleigh and of course it was great to get to chat with coach Spencer about his immediate reactions to the teams he will be hosting on kickoff weekend we also of course talk about his team heading into this 2021 season how do they recapture the momentum they clearly had last year how do they leverage the fact that they bring back everyone to a team that was top 15 certainly top 10 as they're hosting a region uh, during the 2020 season of course we also ask what it's like to have a guy who's clearly going to be playing pro tennis in Alexi Galarno at the top of the lineup. We ask him about the necessities of recruiting internationally, just given how talented the college tennis game has become. And then, of course, we had to have a little bit of fun. Coach Spencer is adamant that the 1998 Stanford men's tennis team is the best college tennis team of all time. He makes a very uh, definitive case for that team. I think all of you college tennis historians like myself are really going to enjoy that at the end of the podcast. But it's a really great conversation. Conversation. Coach Spencer is so candid. It was great to get him on the show. Before we get to that interview, quick reminder for all of you fans out there, and you know the message already, but look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports Aero Bar, Cracked Rackets, Midwest Sports and Aero Bar, uh, the life for us that makes this podcast and all these interviews possible. So please go support them. MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. AeroBar.com, the promo code is Cracked30. Uh, but with that in mind, let's get to our conversation with NC State Wolfpack head coach Kyle Spencer. Joining us on the podcast today, a returning guest here on our Cracked Racket shows. And it's not often that we have a guest twice in the same week, but that is the quality of the guest we bring to you today. Of course, you may know him as the head coach of the NC State men's tennis team. You may also know him as a former Olympic tennis player. Kyle Spencer, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. It is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Three days later, the draft is in the books. How are you feeling? I imagine a little bit that post-draft hangover. Yeah, no, it was great. It's actually, it's it's so funny um, just with the timing. You used to having it in uh, in the summer and and you have a million things uh, kind of going on and, and we still have a million things going on, but just a, just a, a completely different landscape of when the draft was. Um, so yeah, it was fantastic. I watched the whole thing and uh, had my assistant Chris on the other line, uh, try, uh, kind of, kind of uh, giving some commentary as well of, of what he thought was going to happen or why things were happening. And it was, uh, it was great. Yeah, you had your Chris on the line. I had my Chris on the line as well. It was a very, very fun draft, certainly. And yeah, it was interesting. Uh, so I think that's the place we have to start. And obviously, we want to talk about your team. We want to talk about your tenure at NC State and your coaching career as well. But let's start with your response to the kickoff weekend draft. You end up, I believe, it's going to be Stanford, Tennessee, and Old Miss coming to Raleigh for your region. Uh, Stanford with the first pick. I don't want to say surprises ever 
everyone because I did get a little bit of intel right before the draft started. But certainly it was a big question. Would they be able to travel? And if so, you know, Texas, NC State, Michigan, all were in play. You find out the Cardinal is heading over to Raleigh. What was your initial reaction? Yeah, obviously, I think I was genuinely surprised. Um, but, you know, hindsight's fantastic. So you go back and you go, oh, okay, well, this is a team that, that beat us uh, first round of the uh, – or whatever, the round of 16 at the, at the National Indoors last year. They bring the two best recruits probably in the country um, in. Uh, they see that we didn't bring anybody in. So they think, oh, this is a good, good opportunity. So, um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, I've known Paul since – uh, Paul Goldstein, the head coach, um, since he was, uh, I guess since we were both 14, we were the same year in the juniors. Um, so we've, uh, we played all the way in the juniors and played all the way up to uh, through college. Uh, I was at USC, he was at Stanford, and, and then a little bit in the pros. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I have a really good relationship with him. So I actually sent him a, a text right away just to say how excited we were to have them. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a very tough regional. You know, we play uh, Tennessee every year anyway. Um, and we've played, uh, so we played my first year here at uh, NC State. We played them at their place. Then they came back to our place. And then we actually ended up playing them in the NCAA tournament because they, uh, they were a host. And so, um, and then Ole Miss, uh, Toby Hansen, um, who I've known for many, many years, um, has SMU ties. He played there. I was an assistant coach there. So, yeah, very familiar with, with sort of all the head coaches that are, that are becoming to the, uh, to the Raleigh Regional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's still very, very cool, of course, to say that Raleigh Regional. It's got to be awesome for you guys to host that. And again, your first match with Ole Miss, you look at the UTRs, it's, you know, it's pretty close across the board, but we know your team comes in with experience. You guys qualified for the national indoors last year. And, you know, how valuable do you think that experience will be? Because, yeah, you play a Stanford team that uh, brings back a bunch of guys, as you mentioned, but predominantly could be a very, very young lineup, Tennessee, Ole Miss. They've got depth and returners as well but how are you feeling ultimately with how your region shake out you know how do you feel about your guys heading into that one yeah I feel good I mean I think every every head coach is you know uh gonna have some trepidation at the beginning of the season not knowing sort of how much guys have played over the break and uh, sort of how the protocols will, will go in but in terms of the the level I mean uh they're very comfortable. We've, you know, I, I remember last year going into even just the kickoff. I think we were six or seven and zero, oh, and had played almost, I think, six matches on the road. And so we were really prepared. And I think, you know, that's one of the things I tried to do as a head coach is to make sure the guys feel prepared. Um, and and so coming into this year with no new guys, we're not having to worry about uh, do they know what the levels like, do they know what the environment's like. Um, so in that regard, it's, it's comforting. Um, but uh, look, it's a, it's a brutal regional. With, and, and to be quite honest, I don't think we'd have, have it any other way. I think I mentioned to you before, you know, one of my big things is we'll go to, you know, if we're on the road, you know, in, in the kickoff, we go to a really tough regional because I really believe if you're good, you're going to get out of it. And if you're not good, you do not want to be in the in the uh, national indoor team finals because it's a it's a brutal tournament as well. So but we're excited. We're excited for the challenge and uh, to be hosting for the first time ever is is a is a big deal. And uh, 
and credit to the guys for, for at least half a season getting us in that position. Yeah, so you look at that first match, Coach, and, and obviously you're going to get to face up with, uh, with Ole Miss, and you know Toby. How much do you know uh, about that current team? You know, I don't think you guys have, have run across each other, uh, you know, the players, if you will, in, in the last couple of years. So what, what do you know about them, and what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I know a little bit about their team. Um, my last year at uh, SMU, we were at A&M, and we played Mississippi first, first round of the, of the kickoff. Um, we know Sam Callen uh, pr- pretty well. Um, I've watched some of their, their matches actually um, on, on live stream, getting ready for, for national indoor um, uh, last year, just to see you know, sort, of, sort of who we might be playing. Um, but yeah, we'll do a deeper dive as we, as we get into it. I know they added a couple players. Um, not sure yet who's the impact, if they're both impact players or not, but um, but for sure, I mean, look, you play in the SEC, you play in the ACC. Uh, these, these are the type of matches that uh, we'd love to be able to schedule. And if we can't schedule, we'd love to get them in a, in a national tournament like this. So, um, yeah, it, and a lot of it, as you guys know, comes, comes you know, sort of how, how the preparation is, but then also sort of the performance on the day. And I think that will be, you know, what, what everybody is hoping for is that you get the performance that, uh, that, that you want out of, out of the team. And, uh, and, and to be, to be quite honest out of their team as well, because that's what we want. We want a great match. Yeah. I look forward to seeing, seeing, I'm hoping I don't, do you have a live stream on the indoor courts there? Yeah, we'll have live stream. Um, so that's, that's not a, that, that, that's not a, an issue. Um, but uh, yeah, funny enough, the women are playing outside. We're playing inside. So it'll, it'll just be a fun, a fun weekend around here um, at NC State, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that because I, Ole Miss is a pretty rowdy bunch of guys. You've got the four-court indoor <laughs> facility. Uh, you know, look, definitely look forward to, uh, uh, you know, getting through that doubles. Uh, you you got to like your chances with Lexi up top. And then, the, and then it comes down to, you know, assuming that it doesn't swing – you know, four, one at best in either direction, five and six, you know, or at least five get on. And last year you had, uh, you know, what you have talked about this, you had some, some growing pains early, but you get that you got young, had some young guys, they've got a year of experience now. I mean, you got to feel good about that kind of setup that you're a lot more used to playing that four up first and then five and six get on later than maybe some other teams are. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it's look, I mean, in a perfect world, we'd have, we'd have the six and ready to go, but, um, but yeah, we've got, we've got the four and yeah, there is a, you know, we, we're pretty, we're pretty got the routine down on what the guys that are playing five and six do in between. And um, so that's, that won't be an issue for us. Um, I think the guys that uh, that'll be playing five and six will be comfortable in that um, sort of dynamic because Oftentimes, you know, it's uh, it comes down to them, and and what started uh, sort of two and a half, three hours uh, before actually comes down, and you got another two hours to go before uh, before the thing finishes. We haven't had too many of those, but um, we've had a couple in my time here that that have you know got to the four and a half, five hour mark. Um, notably, our, our match with uh, Texas and Virginia. Um, in year one and two, I think um, we had we had a kind of a um, two two pretty pretty huge battles. But um, 
yeah, we don't play much in here. Uh, I will say that uh, most of the time by by middle of February after the indoors were outside and, and, and we don't mind, we don't mind that either, but uh, we're definitely, you know, ready or used to it or used to the situation. And uh, I do think it'll be a, a really fun weekend here. Out of curiosity, I find it interesting. I'm used to a little bit to those four court facilities. Kentucky's got a four court uh, indoor facility. And, and I, I'm curious when, when you look at, especially at a team like you've got, where you hope and expect that, you know, in, in many matches, you win doubles, you get a win out of Lexi, there's two. After that, if you had a clutch guy that is a, say, a four, five, six guy, do you rather see that guy at four and try to put three points up quick? Or do you try to hold him out for five, six, because that's the pressure pack match at the end and, and you'd rather hold somebody you know, that can handle that pressure at the end of the day? By the way, yeah. real quick, pressure pack, wolf pack. Hey, great shot yeah. to you, Chris. Anyway, sorry, coach. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I, there's there's a couple ways you can go with it. You know, I think uh, momentum, as every coach will tell you, is a is a big deal in in our sport. Um, and so, uh, you never know on the on the day how certain guys will handle things. I like I just you know I, I feel like the guys whether they're coming in at the five, six, or they're coming in at the one, two, three, four to start the match, you know, the, if they focus on, on sort of themselves and, and realize that like, it still takes four points to, to, to get a, to get a win for the team. And, and in your point, whether you're the clincher or you're off first, they're, they're not, they're not more important. You know, every match is important. Even, even, you know, guys that, you know, lose a tough, you know, three set match or something like that that was still important that they were out there for, you know, two and a half hours or something, as opposed to the momentum of, of having a quick loss or a quick win. I mean, that, that can really change matches. And, you know, just, I think, I think the, the four court situation, if you're five and six going on, you've never played, played in that, you know, sort of environment, you know, some guys thrive in it. As you see, you see you know, guys get on a roll. They win last match on like Styler at, at Michigan got on a roll with being that last guy on and, and enjoying the pressure and some guys crater, you know, and they don't like it. And, and, uh, and, and that's some of those things are not permanent either. You know, some one time the guy might love it because he loves the guy that he's playing against. And another one, he, I, you know, I'm not, you know, maybe we're a huge favorite and you don't, you don't want to be losing, you know, in a, in a, to, to, a, to an underdog. And, and so the pressure feels, you know, much greater. I mean, it's hard to know. No, yeah, absolutely. And again, we look so much forward to seeing uh, these teams coming out to Raleigh. I'm going to put it at a 3% chance I end up making the drive. I don't know if you guys are going to end up having fans. I'm kind of throwing float, you know, floater out there to all of the coaches like, hey, if you'll have fans, if you'll have one member of the media, let me be the guy because I'm happy to, yep. you know, I'm happy to sell my services. But uh, even, you know, beyond the national indoors, which I'm sure we'll get back to at the end when we talk about your team, your expectations for this season, I want to now talk uh, about your tenure as head coach for NC State because you look at your team and the growth you guys have had really over the past four seasons. And that's where I want to start because that's obviously when Alexis and so many of the guys you have now came into the school. And, you know, your first season, or 
I guess the year before you came, they go under 500. And then your first year, you go 17 and nine. Uh, the next year, I believe you guys do pretty well. Once again, go 19 and 11. And then last season, you get off to the start. You have qualified for the national indoors. You beat Michigan. You beat Texas at home. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, heading into this 2021 season, how are you feeling about the growth you've seen from your program? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's been wonderful. You know, I think the, it's, it's always, you know, whenever you take over um, at a new program, you know, I've done it uh, twice, but also been an assistant uh, three years. Um, so th there's always different intricacies and you don't quite know what you're, what you have and what you, what, what, where your advantages are and what you can do and what you can't do. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been, uh, you know, I was blessed coming in with what I thought, you know, not knowing any of the guys, you know, and, and hearing, you know, different coaches say this or different coaches say that um, about the current team when I came in. Um, I was, I was, I, I, I thought I was fortunate and I had a bunch of guys that, you know, hadn't won a lot, but wanted to work hard and enjoyed tennis, which I think is a big deal. Um, and, you know, maybe we're just looking for a new, a new vision or a, a sort of a, a new energy. And, and when I, what, I, what I found was, you know, we had everything that we needed. I mean, I didn't feel like we were lacking in anything. I, I knew that, you know, obviously being at Maryland, the head coach, and I, I knew the conference and, I, and, you know, half the coaches are still here when I was coaching at Maryland. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm lucky uh, to be part of in my sort of playing and coaching history as I've been at, you know, very good programs, you know, USC, Baylor, um, SMU, you know, I've, I've worked with, you know, Peter Smith, uh, Carl Neufeld, Matt Canole, all been part of national championships, you know, and, and so I know what it looks like at the end and, um, and, and what it's supposed to look like and, and where you need to be super strong. And, and so in terms of developing a program, you know, Maryland was, you know, I got sort of my, cut my chops there. And so I kind of knew coming into NC State, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. Um, and, and then, you know, Chris James was, was, uh, you know, our, our current assistant was uh, a huge recruit, you know, in terms of getting the program started in, in the way we wanted to do things. So I'm happy, you know, I, I love competing. Um, I love the practice environment. Um, we do things maybe a little bit different than, than the maybe traditional powerhouses that you're, you're probably used to. Um, but uh, it works for us. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, say, you know, what's the most important thing? So like, look, I'm here 300 days a year on the practice court, you know? And so those 300 days affect my life. And, and so I want guys around that, that I want to enjoy this sport with. I like being on the practice court. I like coaching. I like putting in the hours and, and I want the people around me to be similar in that regard as it, as it relates to, to, to the sport of tennis. So um, yeah, we're in a great spot. I think we're, we're very fortunate here that we can attract the home and aways at the, at the high level. You know, we have a home and away with Texas, with uh, Tennessee, with Michigan, with, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to think of all the, all the people we get to play Baylor, you know, all these, all these different, you know, high profile teams. And I think that's really important, you know, and, and um, 
introducing the the first year's team to that kind of talent well they kind of knew already they play in the ACC but then just the idea like I don't I don't think Chris or myself kind of care what our record is you know we're not trying to go undefeated we're not trying to pad the stats so to speak I think we want to be involved in great matches and 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 that goes back to our you know sort of philosophy of we want to we want each guy to be able to max out their their tennis and and if that means getting to be a top 100 ATP pro great if that means an all-american if that means going from a you know sort of four or five star into being able to be a, a success at the at the power five level fantastic you know um, we're not here to put a ceiling on any and on any guy and and I think that's where you've you've kind of seen where you know people talk about the process a lot and that's kind of a buzzword you know uh, we're not result-based, and, and we're not. Um, uh, but I do tell the guys, look, that, that process is always being evaluated. And, and, and so that's the, that's the fun part um, about coaching here. The administration is, is wonderful. They allow us to, to, to strive to be an elite program. You know? And I think you know, starting with last year, I think you started to see the, you know, so the unearthing of, of what we can do here. Um, so, yeah, we're very, very excited. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And there's a lot of reason to be excited. And you sort of talk about your background weaved in there. You've coached in so many different great conferences. You've coached uh, in, it was, the, you know, you've played in the Pac-10, now the Pac-12. You've coached in the Big 12. You obviously got to guide programs at Maryland, at SMU. And, you know, now you're at NC State and a part of the ACC. And you just look at the past 10 years in men's college tennis. Obviously, Virginia from 2008 to 2017, that's as good of a nine-year run as you're going to find from any college program in college tennis history. And then, you know, the next year it's Bresky who steals his first national title at Wake Forest. You know, a lot of people, myself included, had North Carolina as the front runner to win the title last year. And I'm just, you know, again, you have competed at various different levels and you talk about the process. And whenever a coach says that, I love to say, well, let's dig into that process. Um, I, I just, I'm curious what it's like to compete in the ACC and what that means for, you know, the level of play, the standard of excellence you have to have, because obviously if you're not good, uh, you'll be exposed fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think anybody who, you know, as a head coach or an assistant coach comes into the, to this conference. Um, yeah. You can't be afraid of competition and you have to, you have to, you know, there's you know, like you talked about the 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 hegemon changes. You know, we go from you go from a UVA to to awake to a UNC, but you know, you start looking at the tournament teams. I mean, we're looking usually at seven, eight, nine teams in the ACC that and and those matches. I mean, you look at okay, like a Florida State. You know, Florida State knocks off UNC when they're number one. You know, uh, two years ago or whatever. Um, you look at the, you look at the NCA final site and. You got the top eight and you've got uh, UNC, you know, playing in the championship, you know, playing this, actually the semis, you got Wake playing in the final, you got UVA playing in the quarters, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, where do we fit in? Well, every year is a little bit different and, and you've got to be able, obviously the job is you got to be able to get good players to come here and get better. And, and guys need to love to be in for lack of a, better phrase, high pressure environment, high level tennis and be able to thrive. And, um, 
I think it's exciting. I mean, we played, I think we played in the ACC semis uh, our second year, you know, for the first time, you know, and, and to be quite honest, you know, I thought we let one, we let one slip, you know, we had the match points in the doubles uh, and things were kind of going our way. Um, and, you know, Wake was in the, I think they're in the national championship match that year. And, and we thought we should have won the match, you know, um, or at least been in a last match on situation. I think the last match on situation would have, would have been um, Alexi against uh, Gojo for the match. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a lead, we had a lead, we had a break up in the third at five and we just had some things that, you know, didn't quite go our way, but so we were absolutely in that match. Um, so the ACC is a, is a, it's just a wonderful conference to play in. You're, you know, there's, there's certain challenges. You've got to go down. Sometimes on the road, you play Miami and it's a hundred degrees. And the week before you <laughs> might've been playing Notre Dame and it was snowing and you're playing indoors, you know, I mean, Clemson. I feel like everyone struggles at Clemson. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, it, all these places are unique and, and they're, it's just really, it's, it's a fun experience for the guys. Um, it's fun when these teams come in and, and play us here, um, but it's, it's certainly competitive. And if you don't like to compete, this is not the, not the conference for you. You talk about that competition. What's the, just on the recruiting front, it's got to be, I mean, you're in an area, obviously, right there where you've got, you've, you've got Duke, you've got North Carolina, not far away, you've got Wake Forest, schools that are you know, traditionally uh, really good tennis schools, and then you come in, trying to build up the, that program a couple years ago, that, that's got to be, you know, a challenge to say the least, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Coach, Coach Ball at UNC has been there, I don't know, 40 years, 30 years, something like that. You know, he's been there, he's in, and he, he and Tripp have done a wonderful job and, and, and built it up over time. I can tell you, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like, <laughs> like, like an elitist or something, but, you know, some of these programs when I was at USC, I mean, in when I played in the nineties, like North Carolina is not on the radar, you know, um, you know, I didn't know where Baylor was, you know, I, it was, it was, there was like four teams that could win it. It was SC, UCLA, Stanford, and Georgia. I mean, those, I mean, that was it. Um, and, and so that's, what's so wonderful about our sport and, and, and how much it's grown um, with, with everybody and the coaching and, and, and the recruiting and just being everybody's got a shot if, if, if they have, you know, at least the resources to be able to, to put together a, a great program. Um, and then the rest is just the history part. You know, it's like, you're not playing the ghosts of uh, uh, 2000 uh, NCAA champions. You're playing the team that's, that's been assembled this year. Um, and so, yeah, you got to look out a little bit uh, for, for this year, but the, the year is coming as well in terms of, recruitment but um i think one of the areas that we've had great success is we've been able to 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 help our guys get better yeah i think that that's the reality and um i think in in today's today's world unless you you are the ultimate ultimate recruiter which we have some of those in our in our conference and for sure in the in the country um you're gonna have to be able to to develop you know, talent and, and, and be able to figure out which guys fit into the way you like to do things and the way the programs run. Cause I think that is a, a big deal. And I think if you look at each program, at least in the ACC, 
you're and you guys know this because you talk to to all these coaches but but every everyone's a little bit different everyone has their own style everyone goes about things a, a different way so um it is a it is a big challenge but at the same time if you get the right guys in and 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 they love to compete then that's what it is it's a challenge and and i don't think myself or chris or or thomas you know we have a volunteer um thomas Mosier, who's been a head coach um at the mid-major level for 10 years or whatever um and any of the players i don't think they'd have it any other way they'd love to compete and and whoever's in front of them um they're going to go out there with with a great respect for for their opponents and 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 compete their butts off for sure Mm-hmm. No, uh, and again, it's one of the staples of your team. Certainly, we saw the way they competed throughout the season. And I just want to stick with this topic for a second. And by the way, I, I don't know if he knows this yet, but if I eventually have someone I want to propose to to become my wife, I'm going to have Tony Bruschi make the recruiting pitch. because I feel like there's no way it fails at that point, right? It's a guaranteed yes. Um, but, you know, to follow up on Chris's question, because you talk about you know, the difference in the talent in college tennis now versus maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago. It's, you know, there are so many different schools and we've talked about it all season long. Schools one through 20 this season, the the margins between them are so thin. It's going to be a deuce point here, a deuce point there that decides these matches. And so, of course, for all of these coaches, when you're competing with so many outstanding college coaches and not to butter all of you up, but I really do think you look across the nation right now, there are as many good coaches in college tennis as there have ever been in and so, you know, to Chris's point about recruiting, you can't just recruit Americans at this point. You have to look beyond that. You have to look internationally. And I think people who say, well, shouldn't American college sports be just for American students? I think that's really stupid because to something you mentioned, to be the best, you have to beat the best, right? And as someone who came and played college tennis, not from the United States, I'm just curious if you could reflect on that experience, that perspective and explain to the naysayers out there why it's better for college tennis to have international players as part of the sport as well. Yeah. I mean, just, just so you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. So um, (laughs) yeah, that's foreign though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I just, look, it's a global sport and the reality of what's happened in, if if you just take it at at the, from the pro level um, in men's tennis, the physicality is through the roof. It's a, it's a joke how strong the sport is. Um, and so what's happened in, in what I believe is what's happened in our game is that we have now really have become a global pathway for developing and getting as good as you can in that formative stage. And I think the, I think a lot of people have changed their sort of outlook, um, whether it be at the federation level, um, the, the high junior level uh, uh, coaching and realizing that for the 18 to 22 year olds need more of a finishing school and the, the federation money is much more well spent with someone that's as close to finishing and being ready for the so pro tour if they get on that, that track. And, and there aren't many avenues for that, you know, there, and, and so when somebody says it's like, okay, this is a, this is a quote unquote, a league, right? So high level division one college tennis, if you look at it as a whole, there's a lot of places you can go to continue to improve your game. The added benefit is that, that you can get a degree and you can continue. You don't have to put all your eggs into one basket. 
And so that's attractive whether you live in Des Moines, Iowa, or India, or France, or wherever. That's, that is that people, people at 18 are going, what do I do? What do I do? I, I'm not good enough to go on the pro tour. I don't want to stop playing tennis. What is, what's possible? Um, and then as it relates to just a team with, with a global footprint, I mean, it's amazing. You get into these dinners and you guys know this, but, but for the listeners, you get into these team dinners and you, you talk, people are, okay, what's your, what's your favorite food? And okay, how is that made? What's your favorite place in your hometown? How did you grow up? What was your training like? And you start talking about all these, these different, and wow, okay. And it makes for, if you're an American, it makes all of a sudden that, that introspective thought process stop and you start going, okay, that's what that is like. Oh, that's what it's like in Japan. Oh, okay. Wow. And, and whether they go on to play pro tennis, whether they go on to business or any, any other, you know, whatever their job is, they now have a much more well-rounded view of the world and how things work and how to assimilate into more of a global environment. And, 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 and I think those are the things when people talk about whether we should have international student athletes or not, I think some of those things are, are really lost. And I think those, those are things that are talked about at an administrative level. But if you, if you look at, the, at sport, college sports in general, I don't think you're going to have one coach saying, saying no, that, we, that this, is, this is bad for us to have um, uh, only American uh, student athletes. Um, just like on every campus, you don't just have American, American students. So that's my two cents. <laughs> so Coach, you alluded uh, last time we talked to the fact that uh, when Lexi showed up, he didn't have an ATP point, right? And that was one of the things that you, you, know, you guys were obviously very proud of. And he's, he's come a, a long way. Won, you know, he won the Futures title back, uh, I think that was in Fayetteville, um, not long ago. He played, I remember seeing, I think last summer, between he and Ben and a couple of the other Canadians who do a really good job of taking care of their, taking care of their guys, got to play a whole bunch of, you know, challenger level matches. Uh, but, you know, he's really got to come from what I would assume was not a lot of big time tennis to now, you know, getting, winning titles, playing challengers. Uh, was, was that a, was that a big focus for him coming in? And what, you know, is that something that you're looking for in, in, in everybody, or it kind of depends by the player, but how's that gone uh, for him? Yeah, for him. I mean, look, he's, I, I love talking about him just because he, he made he made a big a big jump and and it's something that uh, a lot of guys in this college tennis system often don't do you know and he came in he was what people don't know is um, you know he was he was a pretty good he was about a hundred you know ITF but he was a year early so he came you know when he was just just uh, I think 17, 17 and a half. So he had one more year in the juniors that he could have been playing. Um, so, so him coming here a year early was an opening, an eye opening. And he kind of, kind of, I think, you know, me not being here was just kind of an adjustment. And then after this first, after his second year, our first year here, it was, look, you're, you're, you're good enough, but there are some things that you need to be doing a little bit different. You know, he had been getting, um, you know, these nagging kind of injuries and, and part of it wasn't, he wasn't as training and he wasn't as fit as he could have been. His diet wasn't what it, what it could have been. 
And he really made, he flipped the switch and he said, okay, I'm going to do this as professional as I can. And I said, great, that's why we're here. We have, you know, myself and Chris, we have this background to be able to get you on this track. These are the things you need to be doing. And, and the, the talent was, was always there. I mean, I walked in the door the first time I saw him hit a ball and I'm like, okay, yeah, you can, you can absolutely be a professional. Um, and so, yeah, along the way, it's just, it's just been, he's, he's been fortunate. Tennis Canada has provided a, a, a great summer um, uh, sort of challenger future circuit where, you know, if you're one of the best guys, you get a lot of opportunities and he took those opportunities. You know, he had the wins he's had are, are, are pretty remarkable. He beat uh, Michael Moe. He beat Donald Young in Houston um, a couple of weeks ago. You, you mentioned the future, but he backed that up with beating Mackie McDonald um, the next, the next week, first round of the challenger. So, you know, he is, he beat Kayakowski, you know, he's beaten two or three guys that have won the NCAA singles title. So, you know, this, this was, you know, we, the way we like to do things is, is just everybody's on that individual's team. So whether that be the federation coaches, the parents, the, the college coaches, the strength coach at home in the federation, we talk to everybody and we help, we help facilitate that process of just um, making sure everybody's on the same page. Everybody's, you know, taking those details and going, okay, we're all clear on what this, this individual is trying to do, how to play, what needs to be improved, how we're going to do it, timelines, whether it be, you know, playing box, training blocks, um, all those types of things. And, um, you know, and, and, and then it comes down to the, to the guys, you know, how, how much do you want it? And, and what are you willing? And here's the tough one in college. What are you willing to sacrifice? And, and that's, and that's very difficult for, for a lot of guys. I mean, um, you know, he's a very, Alex is a very good student as well. And so, you know, I always think there's, there's three things in college. There's, there's your, your tennis, there's your, your school getting your, you know, your degree and that process, which alone is unbelievably tough. And then your, then, then there's uh, your social, and whether you're an elite athlete or you're uh, a student that's not playing um, on any intercollegiate teams, I think to, to, be, to be really high level and great, I think you can do two of those things well. I don't think you can do three of those things well. Um, and, and the guys that we've had over and that I've coached over the time have, have been able to, to focus on those, those two things. Um, and, uh, and he – to his credit, he did those things. But um, Chris, getting back to your point, yeah, I think we look in the recruiting process, you know, for someone who loves to play tennis and loves to compete. But to, to be quite honest, we do look for guys that want to play on the pro tour. I think there's, there's just a little bit, an extra gear when you get guys into this environment that want to want to play pro tennis, it, it makes sense. You know, we've got, we've got a challenger here that, that we get the wild cards to. We, we, you know, are able to schedule, you know, whether it be college tournaments or pro tournaments, we're able to set schedules that make sense to us. Um, and, and look, not every, not everybody on our team is going to be a professional tennis player. Um, but we're also not going to put a ceiling on a guy. Um, if that's what you want, look, my background and you guys probably don't know, but, you know, I started tennis at 13, you know, and, and 10 years later I was, 
lucky enough to yeah be in the Olympics, be in an ATP Tour final, and there's not one person who saw me play tennis at 13 years old that would have that would have you know said that that's possible. Um, but um, but tennis is a funny thing. If you work hard and you have uh, some kind of innate trait that uh, you can you can continue to evolve, um, th then you've got a shot. And uh, and, and so that, that's what I bring, you know, in the coaching. I keep that in my head all the time. Is there's, there's nobody – don't say no to anybody because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a funny game how things work out and, and the levels of improvement. Some guys can do amazing things. Yeah, one, one quick follow-up on that. You mentioned kind of, the, you know, some guys really – they all obviously have different aspirations. Some guys come in wanting to go pro. Some guys come in knowing, hey, I'm going to play college tennis and move on to the business world, whatever the case may be. But uh, interested on your thoughts, and we've asked various coaches this question, for the guys who uh, aspire to be professional tennis players, it's tough to only play 20 hours a week and then think, think that that's your career going forward. But right now you're stuck at, you know, playing 20 hours a week. What are your thoughts on, you know, the, the kind of NCAA limitations that's, that these guys get, especially the ones who clearly have the aspirations and the talent to, to make that a career post-college? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a, that's a very good question. And it's, it's multi-layered. Um, but to, to be quite honest, you know, I, I think the 20-hour rule was put in for for a lot of different reasons, and and I, I in different sports and uh, different situations and different. Look, we're playing we're playing Division One power, I would say power five for the most part. High level, the guys that we're recruiting are super super high level, super motivated, and yeah, that that is that that's really hard to say like. Hey, listen, we're at our we're at our 20 hours. Like, I can't work with you anymore, and and we have to say it. Um, and you know, you get your the guys know. Look, I'm gonna have to do more on my own, and uh, and make sure that those that you know. And we're not talking you're not talking about 35 hours. You know, we're we're talking you know we're maybe maybe 25 or or 28 or 30 or whatever it is on the certain week. Um, but it is true. Um, and, but also on the other side, it's, look, the pros come out and, and they come for a three-hour practice and you could have, you know, the, the, the changeovers, you know, and the, and the breaks can be 20 minutes sometimes, you know, and because they don't have a clock on them. And, and I will say the efficiency that we're able to work at is also different. But the reality is, is yeah, you want to be a high-level guy. You want to be a pro tennis player. Yeah, 20 hours is not enough, and, and you're going to have to do things on your own. And um, the great thing is, and I'm sure a lot of coaches would say this, the great thing is, is when you get a team like we have with guys that want to be pros, like that's not hard. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be the only one looking around going, I got like, guys, we, I don't have anybody to play with. That's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. I don't like it. I wish it was a voluntary thing. Um, I get it. The NCAA, there's some coaches that have probably abused the voluntary thing where it's not voluntary, but at this level, I, I look, it's guys want to play guys need guys want coaching. You know, I, I find it hard to believe that we're not allowed to do that with, with them saying, I want this, you know? So. 
Yeah, no, it's certainly if you are a tennis player who wants to develop isn't, and you go to a college because you appreciate the way that coach is going to help you develop, one would think it's counterintuitive to limited amount of time that student can play with that coach. I mean, certainly maybe limitations on this, the athlete demand or the coach's demand on the athletes, but if that athlete wants to come in his volunteer time and say, hey, give me an extra two hours, please, it is a little bit ridiculous. I agree uh, that you as a coach can't just say yes. And that gets to some of the proposals. I have some changes for college tennis that I want to ask you about at the end of this, have a little bit of fun, but uh, to get back to this 2021 season, because again, your NC state team, uh, your host and your top 10 team heading into this country, uh, heading into this year, uh, we've talked about Alexi uh, and obviously what he has meant to your team, but you look at the stats and you know, the recipe for success, you guys, found last season and so often it was you know steal the doubles point usually at the number one and two positions then get that number one singles win get a win at six singles and then really scrap you know in that two through five spot try and find one elsewhere and you know throwing even in the six singles conversation throwing in guys and you look across the board obviously you bring back Martins you bring back Robbie you bring back really everyone as you mentioned from your lineup from last season what do you you know what have you seen from these guys in the offseason and I don't know if you want to say your lineup already. Maybe I'm sure you want to keep that close to the chest, but what have you seen from the guys in their development? Uh, Because obviously the better the depth in your lineup gets, the more chances you have to do some really fun stuff this season. Yeah, I think, look, you've, you've kind of highlighted some things in the uh, interesting, I I went through the, it's, it's funny because I went through the, with the uh, with the draft yesterday and then the slam tennis is pretty easy to match up the teams and you see the UTRs and gosh I feel I feel like we're not favored against anybody in like the top like, <laughs> like wow you know the UTRs and, right now are ridiculous they're just out of uh, whack yeah I mean it's I mean I, I see some things where I, I I go I know that guy's playing number one and that guy's the <laughs> guy on here like well wow, what's going on but yeah it's look I'm excited for, for our guys. And I, I, I love our guys. Um, and the, the, you asked why, you know, we go from the year before 66 to, you know, whatever we would have been last year. Um, hopefully a top 10 finish. I mean, nobody really knows, but the, the reality is the guys get better all every year. And, and, and some things that you're working on might take a week. Some with an individual might take a month, might take a year. Um, some guys, you talk about the international sides, some guys adjust, uh, quicker, some guys don't. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for sort of each and every guy. I mean, there's a battle for sure. There's a battle for the top six positions, you know, and I tell the guys this and it's, it's for the most part true is, is we kind of start with a clean slate. We're not starting with Alexi with a clean slate. You can pencil him in right now, put it in pen, whatever. (laughs) He will be playing number one. So, um, but, but the rest of the guys, it's, it's their improvement, you know, and, and as you guys know, it's not, it's not a straight line. It's not a diagonal line. It's a really jagged line. And, um, and, and that's been fun. The guys wouldn't hear, you know, we, we had uh, two guys that weren't able to come that uh, had to stay home. And so those, you know, those things that, you know, we're, we're up to date, you know, not daily, but, but for the most part, know exactly what's going on with them and how they've been able to practice and play and, and all of that. Um, but it really, it really comes down to, to, we've got, as you say, we've got probably, 
you know, seven guys apart from Alexi who, who we could put kind of anywhere. And I, and I don't think it would be a stack. I don't think it would, I think it would be just very competitive situation. Some of our guys are better outside and, and some of our guys are better inside. So I think that, that is, that is something. Um, and so as this, and as the season progresses, you know, you get some, you know, if you asked me last year, outdoors, first match outdoors, we played Texas. That's our, that was our first match outdoors. And if you tell me, if you tell me that we're going to win at, we're going to win the doubles, we're going to win at one. I said, okay, yeah, I can see that. And then you're going to tell me we're going to win at, at five and six with our six and seven players. Cause Turzak would have been, would have been playing four or five in that match. Um, but he, but he couldn't play. Um, I wouldn't, that's not what I would have picked, but these are two freshmen that were, were then on the sort of nine months or seven, well, so one, two, seven, seven months uh, of, of progress, you know, seven months of development um, that look, they're, they're the reason they're on a team, you know, they're good players they're but they're absolutely going to be better and better each year. I believe the way that, that we go through and the way that we train and the way that, um, you know, we have this expression of, you know, the practice is like, practice court. This is our laboratory and, and to go out uh, and play tournaments, pro or college, um, UTR. Um, then we come back into the lab and we take all those findings and we go, okay, these are the things we need to, to, to have. And, and a lot of those things that we're working on is because they do want to be professionals that that's what we're trying to, we're trying to have them leave here. With, with as many tools in the bag or with the two big tools, you know, usually serve and forehand um, as close as they, they can be to being pro level. Um, and that's, that's sort of the, you know, secret sauce. You know, we're never going to bring in a guy and peg him and go like, look, you're a five guy and we're going to make you the best five guy in the, in the country. We don't usually bring guys like that in, you know, that's, that, that doesn't get me up in the morning and, um, and so I think that's where it's hard to know. It's hard to know what, you know, a guy like, you know, Izzy Cardo or Rafa is going to be able to, to do or what a guy like Martins is going to be able to do because he's a different player than he was six to, to 12 months ago. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's sort of the, the, the sort of, you know, rub in terms of how do you think you're going to be? I don't know. You know, I, did I think two years ago when we went up to Michigan, I thought we could, I thought we could beat Michigan, you know, and we didn't, we didn't play a good match. Um, and, and then you had Georgia and Baylor playing each other and all, all of a sudden we're playing Georgia and we beat Georgia. And that's a, that's a program defining win, no matter if they're, you know, the 12th best team or the fifth best team or the 18th best team, you know, and, and then guys gain confidence from that. And then you bring that in again. And uh, so I think it's, I think each year, each team is a little bit different. And, and this more than ever um, is so wide open. Each match is so wide open purely and simply because you, you, you haven't had the time with them on the court. You know, you haven't, in terms of the match court, you, you haven't been able to sit, okay, SEC, Big 12 have had a couple opportunities. And so, and so they, I would, I would think that they would be in a great situation starting out compared to, the rest of us, which haven't had that, that, that opportunity. Um, but uh, you never know, you know, it's, I think it's tough to, tough to know where you sit and, 
Um, I, I just know this, this kickoff in our schedule, our, I think our schedule is phenomenal. You know, the only match that, that we had to take off um, because we're not allowed to travel um, outside non, non-conference the, the region uh, was Texas. And we were supposed to play Texas and Baylor on the road and picked up Baylor to come here and change Texas out. And now we're playing Georgia. So after, after kickoff, we go down the next week and we play Georgia. Okay. You know, it's one of those where, and and by the time we get to the ACC, you know, whatever that schedule is going to look like, um, we're, we're, we should be ready to go. But in the beginning, I think you're going to, just like we saw in the draft a little bit, I think you're going to see, some some scratchy matches. I think you're going to see the teams and the coaches that actually prepare really well um, are going to have an advantage. And um, but in the end, you get to to March and April uh, if we're all allowed to play a, a, a decent schedule besides the the Big Ten. I, I think you're going to see you know things kind of even out and 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 the teams that are supposed to be where they're supposed to be are going to be there. Yeah, you, you brought up a couple of good points in there, Coach. One was with, with the fact that you had your freshmen playing five and six, but they had had, you know, seven months of, uh, you know, of some experience under their belt, if you will. And I think for a lot of folks that don't follow college that closely, it's, it's hard for them to understand how hard it is for these guys to get acclimated, especially the non-Americans that have never really seen college tennis. Maybe the American kids have seen it, even though they haven't been on the team, but the, the foreign guys that just haven't even seen what it's like to be in a college environment. And what makes it even harder, and especially this year, is these guys that are coming, that the, the freshmen that come in January. Yep. So if you've got a January commit that's never seen college and, and now throw on top of it that, they haven't even been with the team, which is going to make some of these regions interesting. So, for example, you know, you got Arthur Ferry coming in for Stanford. He's never – he hasn't seen college. He hasn't seen Stanford. He's not there, right? It's going to be really interesting. Every team except yours in your region, uh, I believe, will be playing freshmen. Johannes Monday is going to play for Tennessee in the near the top of the lineup. You're going to have Hallquist at Ole Miss. He's going to be in the lineup. You guys got six guys that know what they're doing. So, you know, if there's anything there uh, to, you know, for you guys to, to kind of rest, rest your laurels on that, that's one of them. It's going to be definitely difficult for them. The other is you mentioned the UTRs. I assure you when you do your UTR comparison, Finn Reynolds will not be playing one for Ole Miss. That is not going to happen. <laughs> so, yep. Unless Toby decides that he really wants Sankalin against uh, Tadas or whoever's playing two, <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I think just that, the, for sure, the, the, the international, whether, you, whether they've been here or not been here, like that you said, the team environment is, is just a different animal. I, I had um, – uh, Robin uh, last year was great. Uh, we went to miss this match against Michigan and he didn't get to play singles. And, uh, and Marty, you know, Marty got toughed out by uh, Beatty, Beatty um, <laughs> at the, the six hole, which kind of started Beatty's kind of run. Um, and he came up to me, go, and he didn't say it in a bad way. He said, coach, why am I not playing? I said, look, this is just a, a big match. And I had to choose one of the two of you, but I really wanted you to see I wanted you to be able to look from the stands and see what it looked like so that you can prepare yourself. And then he came in the next match against Northwestern and, and uh, was lights out, no problem. 
Um, so yeah, there's a lot of those types of situations where, you know, the first time, you know, if there are crowds, the first time a crowd just goes nuts and, 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 and you know, like, yeah, a guy that's just, just off the boat. I think, you know, I think that might've happened to, to Styler a little bit in the beginning uh, last year where he is unbelievable player and he, sh he showed how good he was, but, you know, first couple matches, you know, and, and look, we had the same thing with, with Babelis when he came and Terzak when he came and it's just a completely different animal. Um, I think that's where the American guys do have a little bit better of an idea coming in as a freshman um, about what it's about. And they've seen a lot more matches and been involved in, in, in at least from, from watching what it's going to be like, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I just, you know, I, I think I speak for all the coaches um, fingers crossed that we're able to play and be able to, to do the things that we love. I think that's, that to me is the, the winner here and, and whatever happens this year happens. And then hopefully next year we get back to, some normalcy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we all look forward to the season starting. Well, then with that in mind, we want to have a little bit of fun with you down the home stretch here. Weave in some questions about your own personal history. Uh, and then of course, just some other random rapid fire questions. That sound good to you, coach? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. Westoff, give me that rapid fire sound effect. Um, all right, let's start with a couple of questions about you. Uh, let's start, you know, you played your college tennis 95 through 98 at USC, and obviously USC, one of those historic programs that from, I believe, let's see, I'm doing the math here quickly in my head, I, I guess it would be, what, 1977 to 1997 had made the NCAA tournament stage every year. Until I think that 97 season when you guys ended up dropping that match to Fresno State. Sorry to bring it up. I see it on your face. But I have to imagine as someone who's awfully competitive, that was a match that stuck with you. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and funny enough, that was uh, Peter Smith at, uh, yeah. at Fresno State. And <laughs> I, I can tell you the one image. Um, for some reason, I don't, know, I don't know why, but it was a last match on situation. And... I think he was sitting in the stands. Uh, is that good? Oh, no. No, no, no. This was at, sorry, that, this was at, um, sorry, this is a different match. This was at UNLV, actually. Yeah. So they used to have, this, is, this, is an, this was an all-timer. So they used to have where, and I don't know if it, I think it was per region, you could only have one host. I think this is, I think, yeah. I think this is right. You could only have one host. And in our region, UCLA was ranked ahead of us. So they shipped us out to UNLV. And so we were the one seed at UNLV. And if you ever played tennis in Las Vegas in May, or yeah, <laughs> would, would, have been, would have been May, um, it's hot. The balls fly. Um, but they had a very good team. I mean, they, they did have a very good team. They had um, – Robert Lindstedt at the one. They had uh, Kelly Gullett. Those two guys made, made NCAA final of the doubles together. Um, they had Eni Gadermic at the three, who toughed me out in that match. Um, but they just had a good team, and they played better than us that day, and that, that hurt a lot. And, and the big, big reason, not to mention just losing, but <laughs> the NCAAs that year were at, were at UCLA. Um, oh. So – 
So I can remember that that was not good. And, and that wasn't a great feeling. I actually had one of my, my best individual results. I made the NCAA doubles final at, at UCLA. But um, poor Coach Leach had to, had to take us over to UCLA every day um, for, the, for the starting from, I don't know, from the semis on. I don't even think he came uh, for the practices um, before the individual started because it was too painful to have the NCAAs in LA at UCLA and we weren't in at, you know, we weren't in the top 16. Um, so that was brutal. Yeah. And I was going to ask, any solace in making the doubles final that year? Yeah, for sure. From an individual, for an individual <laughs> level. Um, I was case it was um, Luke Smith and Blink Iron who got you, right? Yeah. So, so even more, I mean, just painful after painful. <laughs> so that was when, that was when, you know, anybody who won the NCAA has got the wild card into the U.S. Open. So I don't know if you know this, but I lost, <laughs> I lost the, the Kalamazoo doubles final to Humphreys and Goldstein. And, for, and that would have been, a, um, that would have been a, a U.S. Open wild card. And then four years later, got to lose the final of the NCAAs for the U.S. Open wild card. So that's just, that's just all daggers everywhere. Oh, that one. Well, we can move on, I suppose, yeah, from that one. All right, next question for you, because I pride myself as a college tennis historian. The 98 Stanford team, Goldstein up top, the Bryans, Alex Kim, future NCAA champion, I think was playing six singles. You've seen that team. You've seen you know, the other nominees. You can pick your Virginia squad. You can say, in my opinion, it was that 2012 USC team that's really, really good. But do you think that 98 Stanford team is the best college team of all time? It's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. And anybody, look, look, I, I love Peter's team that, that, that with, with uh, Stevie J. Um, Yana Konofman, who's a top 100 player at five singles, is pretty nuts. Not even, it's, it's not even close. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's not even close. You had Alex Kim playing the six hole. Not only did he win the NCAAs, I think like the next year out of college, he beat Kafelnikov first round of Australian Open. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a joke. I mean, it was a joke. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike and Bob Bryan, like, we would play the matches and, like, okay, they're two years – I think they're two years younger. And I'm playing at the – I know I'm playing the three-hole. They're playing the one-hole in the doubles. Bob Bryan, like, won the triple crown, you know. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he won singles. I think he doubles won singles. Doubles and team. Yeah. Team. I mean, and, and not to mention, I had to play the, I mean, you guys don't know my history, but I, I started at, I started tennis at 13 and my first like big tournaments in the 14s, I'm playing Bob and Mike Bryan who are like 12 years old. They're like five foot one and I, I'm not getting a game. I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm not getting a game against these guys. Um, but um, yeah, they were phenomenal. Um, that was I mean, it was just an end. It was a no contest. Every match was a no contest. And I mean, this rotating of the ones is just absurd. You know, <laughs> at Goldstein, I got Goldstein 50 in the world playing at four. And you just, <laughs> like, what's, what's going yeah. on? And Goldstein the, gave uh, us that story. Guy, yeah. <laughs> the understated guy is like Walters. I mean, yeah. Walters is like number one in the country. I think he's one year below me and Paul and the juniors. I mean, it's just a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they yeah. just rolled in. They're talking about how many points they've lost. I mean, for the season. I mean, sorry. I mean, it's no. I had to live. Don't forget, I, I had to live. We, we got Stanford one time in my four years um, at home. 
Um, but I mean, it was a joke. I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a phenomenal team. They should be celebrated. They should be put on the Mount Rushmore and everybody else. Look, I wasn't around in the fifties and sixties and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I know, I know uh, coach Gould had some unbelievable teams, um, uh, you know, in, in the seventies and eighties. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, to me, they're the best and um, I was living it and I've coached against, you know, a, a lot of the other teams that uh, came after. And uh, to me, it's not close. Yeah, I, you know, I have yet to pester Coach Goldstein to this extent because we're just not there in our relationship. But doing some sort of podcast series, maybe a two-part, three-part, just getting to sit down with that 98 Stanford team. I think it was like 157-3 and three in individual flights or something crazy like that, which is like, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, it's a joke. And who knows if we'll ever see anything like that in college tennis again. Um, or in, in that spirit, again, you – have seen uh, you are you've been in every year I think maybe you missed a couple of 21st century college tennis Devarman Stevie Isner you get one of them for the match who do you pick in college or in the pros in college you get to pick one of them to play one for you uh, I take I gotta take Stevie yeah the war I'll tell you right? I, tell, I tell you why number one he's a Trojan um, <laughs> but 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 more but more importantly um yeah i mean like isner you know when isner was playing kevin anderson was playing uh we had a guy pushka um i think he might have beaten both of them um there was still you know john was was great but he wasn't what he is in the pros he's a he he, he was very good in college but but he's an even better pro in my in my estimation and and stevie's stevie's record can only play who they put in front of you, and he came up with the goods every single time. Yeah, and, every time. And look, the, the great thing about Stevie, the great thing about the Varman, the great thing about um, about uh, John Isner is they didn't come in. They didn't come into college as those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they all got they all got better, and and uh, and so that's why I think it's pretty special that you we can talk about those guys now. Yeah. Now, for me, the reason I fell in love with college tennis was Sam Devarman. I mean, just watching him compete, tracking down every ball. The guy didn't overwhelm you with pace. He didn't do anything particularly special. It was just everything. It was a little bit of everything, and you got 110% of him in every match. And uh, I'm sure it was a pain in the ass to compete against, but it was really, really fun uh, to get to watch and see him play. Um, All right, from there, let's go to some proposals I have to change college tennis. We're going to go goof around. Some of them funny, some of them a little bit more serious. We can start with the serious one. All individuals in the fall, all team event in the spring. Would you be cool with that, or do you like it as is? Yeah, I, I, I would be. I would be. I think that, that gives us our two seasons. Mm-hmm. It has a great, great culmination um, in the fall, and then it, uh, it gets the, the team tournament um, a, a specialized uh, time. Um, and, and there aren't – I think that gives us also flexibility of, of where the NCAAs can be held, how it can be held. Um, and so I do. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, both opportunities are, are marketable um, in their own right and, and, and should be. So, yeah, I do like that. 
Mm-hmm. In lieu of, uh, if, let's say you do that, let's say you put the NCAA championship, oh, I don't know, maybe at the U.S. Open during September. That could be a pretty cool thing to advertise college tennis. At the end of it, you do a college tennis labor cup. You get the best individuals, men and women across the country. It's a college tennis all-star game. Does Coach Spencer participate when I ask you to be the assistant on my team? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We're serving and volleying, right? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. That's what I needed to hear. Those are the critical questions. All right. Hey, Gruskin, if it's if it's you and Spencer, then I get I argue I arguably get to play. And I of course I'm gonna take former former student and someone that beat Kyle in a challenger final down at USF, Ashley Fisher. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll take our chances. I think oh, we'll be you guys are bringing up all the hurts. That's uh, that's a, a Singapore. That's yeah. Singapore setting a break up. <laughs> you know, Ashley. Ashley's Ashley's a great friend of mine, and uh-huh. and we we went out on the tour after college together, and and played for about about three months, and uh, also had the opportunity to coach him a little bit once once I was done playing, and he was still playing, so. Yeah, that one. Yeah, you guys just bringing out the greatest hits right now. <laughs> no, the difference is co- the, di- the difference, coaches, uh, between you and I and Chris and Ashley is that you and I are still mobile. We can still bend our knees. We can still move around the court a little bit. I think Ashley, I think Chris, they're uh, they're past their primes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not falling into any of that bait. I don't. Want, <laughs> I, don't I don't want any piece of. Good man, coach. That's smart. That's a long-time listener right there. All right, moving on to our next one. This is the Chris Halioris rule. Lawless lineup. So to incentivize home matches to create even more of a home field advantage, the coach has to, you know, the away coach submits their lineup beforehand. Then the home team coach gets to match up however they deem fit. It makes upsets on the road more likely. It just makes every match that much more competitive. Would you be in favor of the Halioris rule? Not not having this question ahead of time, my initial reaction would be no. And and the reason the reason the reason is, I think people want to see great tennis. And I I think if you see, I think basically what you're weighing is the the drama that might be there of the match versus the quality of the play where there certainly would be drama anyway. Um, so if you played, if, if, for instance, if you play a four, three match and every match finishes in two sets and the guy got it wrong, there's not much drama because it's, you go down and you went, the drama was when the lineup was turned over Yeah. because you go, okay, that's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. And we win the, okay, it's over. Um, so that's my initial reaction, but I I I can be, I always be persuaded otherwise. No, I I think that's a good reaction. Chris, any follow-up? I'm just trying to figure out how it got to be my, <laughs> like Gruskin starts and he's now, not only does he not own up to his own things, he's dumping his crazy ideas on me. I love it. I love it. No comment on that. All right. This one is a Gruskin rule though. I am so anti coin toss because I just think it is when it's a college tennis environment, particularly around the doubles point, that first 45 minutes of a college tennis match, in my opinion, are the most electric 45 minutes in all of tennis. And so to get the crowd amped up even further in lieu of having a coin toss, we have head coach 
coaches play one drop and hit point at the start of each match. Whichever coach wins that point ends up getting to decide who serves on each court. Or It incentivizes the coaches to keep in shape, to stay in action. And I would be so – I want to watch Steinberg versus Tucker one point. I'm there for that minute. Your thoughts, Coach Spencer? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer to the to the brain trust over there. You tell me. <laughs> well, wow. There's no wow. reason. You're telling know. me you know have Alexi on the side. Alexi's on the sideline. Like, go wide, coach. Like forehand wide, forehand down the line. You don't want that well, little interaction. I, any, I mean, you're gonna have. You talk about needing trainers and things like that. Achilles <laughs> heels. I see all kinds of problems with that. But you got it, it guys. Does, you got some of these guys have got to drive a drive a van, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, they snap an Achilles, can't even drive the van home. You know? It it doesn't have to be singles, and we already we already have a commitment from the ACC, and I it would go it would fit here too, Gruskin. I'm seeing Spencer James versus Bresky Eaton. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a <laughs> doubles point. There it is. Gosh. Yeah, oh, that, I'm in. Put it this way, I'm a I'm a rule follower. So if 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 the rule gets put in, I'll play. I mean, I'm, <laughs> playing. I'm just I'm just thinking about all the other guys that that I could see wouldn't want that. Yeah, yeah. We've heard again. It's a mixed bag so far. Definitely a mixed bag. You got some, you got some guys that 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 might not be wanting to 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 partake in that. I, mm-hmm. I can see that ahead of time. I'll bring it up at the coaches' convention this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last two questions for you. I promise. One goofy, one serious. Again, this is another rule change. It's it's not exactly goofy, and there really is something too. You should finish a match on the court you start on. If a match starts outdoors, finish it outdoors, indoors, indoors. But as a college tennis fan and in particular, you've been to the Varsity Tennis Center in Ann Arbor. It's three on one side, three on the other. If it's the two singles left and the five singles left, that creates a big conundrum, obviously, for us fans. So do you think it is more disruptive or would you be in favor of if at the end of matches, it's two courts left, three courts left, you have them play next to each other, you have them move courts at a changeover so that the fans can congregate, the teams can congregate, the coaches can congregate. It just facilitates everything a little bit smoother yeah i guess you're you're talking only about probably the the indoor situation where yeah like mostly yeah or, or outdoors like or georgia where it's like one on one side one on the other and you're like it's on courts one and six that's a pain in the ass yeah i to, to be honest like i don't think it's such a i don't think it's such a big <laughs> the, pure, the purist would say that's nuts the entertainer side of me says like that would be great you want to keep the crowd together you're not splitting it up and that to me is that that's not such a that's not such a bad idea the court is the court you know Mm -hmm. all the courts are the same I don't I don't actually have an issue with it to be honest Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I get funky here. I just think about the ways I want to watch. I'm really, all of these rule changes are for me. Uh, yeah, I said it was the Halley Oris rule. Well, I actually don't think, I actually don't think that's, that's true. I think you're like, like the general public, you're, you're talking about something. Somebody walks into a stadium and they go, what do I watch? Yeah. There's number, number five is on one side and number six is on the other. Which one do I watch? Well, they're both, you know, one all in the third. Uh-huh. You know, I, I want to watch one that comes down. Tell me who's going to finish. I don't know. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's such a, I don't think it's such a bad idea. 
All right. Again, I'll bring it up at the convention. Well, that's my last question for you. You've been so kind with your time. For all of us college tennis fans out there who are going to watch the Wolfpack compete in 2021, what can we expect? What do you think a fan will take away from watching your team compete on court? Yeah, I think if you're, if you're here in Raleigh and we get to have fans, you're going to see a great environment. But, but most importantly, you're going to see, you know, a team. A guys, you know, at the, at the end of the day, once we get together and we're playing a team match, you're going to see guys fighting hard. Um, you're going to see a high level of play. Um, we're, we're, not, we're definitely not going to over-respect, um, you know, an opponent so that's, uh, because we don't think we can beat them, but we're definitely not going to undervalue anybody either. Uh, we're in it for the experience uh, of each match. And we know that the, the highs and the lows um, come and go in, in, that, in that time frame of that, whatever it is, two hour, two and a half hour, three hour endeavor. And um, you're going to see guys that are, you know, out there having fun and, and trying to play a pretty high level of, of, of tennis. So, um, yeah, we're super, ex- we're super excited about the season, as I'm sure every coach is. And, you know, it's, uh, we just can't wait to get started. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I know I speak for all of us fans when I say it was such a pleasure to see your team get off to the start they did in 2020. We'll all be rooting for you to do exactly the same. Maybe you can cut out the win over Michigan, but you know, feel free to make up for that with a win over Stanford, TCU, UNC, whatever you got to do. But Coach Spencer, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Obviously wishing your team safety and health throughout the rest of this offseason and really look forward to seeing everyone and your guys back on the court in uh, January. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate all that you guys are doing for, for, for college tennis, and, and hopefully this vehicle continues to, to get bigger and bigger and we get more people involved and uh, so excited. Yeah, absolutely. Can I get a go pack from you? Go pack. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Coach. Take care. Hope all of you enjoyed Chris and my conversation with NC State head coach Kyle Spencer. Should have said it in the intro, but at this point, fans, if you see it's a college tennis coach on the Cracked Interviews podcast, just assume Chris is going to be joining me. Shout out to him, as always, for his insight. It really is fun to get to play off of him. And, of course, a huge thank you to Coach Spencer for taking the time to chat with us twice in the past, what, three, four days. He was a part of our ITA kickoff mock draft, uh, so that was really, really fun to get the chance to talk to him further in depth and you can just tell how much he cares about college tennis so certainly uh, all of us here at Cracked Racket is going to be rooting for the Wolfpack this season it's going to be really really fun to see how they do on kickoff weekend and throughout this 2021 year Uh, of course there are so many great college tennis teams heading into this season to help get all of you fans ready our college contender series if you have missed any of the action we've talked to the coaches from number 11 Georgia 10 Michigan 9 Florida 8 Stanford 7, Texas A&M. Now this week, or last week, I should say, it was number 6, TCU. We'll get to our number 5 team here this weekend. Uh, Obviously that we've done the Cracked Interviews podcast with those head coaches, Matt, Chris, and I talking about those teams at length on our Great Shot podcast. Matt writing about all of them for the website, CrackedRackets.com. So if you are a college tennis fan, we have you covered heading into this 2021 season. You can find all that again on the website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, if you want to find out what's going on in the pro tennis world the great shot podcast the mini break covering all the day-to-day events trying to figure out what 2021 is going to look like when it's going to start 
Again, you can find the links to those podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts and on our website. And, of course, if you need those more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the fuck of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aero Bar Go to MidwestSports.com, use the promo code CR15, go to AeroBar.com, use the promo code CRACK30, perfect for your holiday shopping. Get your friends a little bit of tennis uh, love, or show them, I suppose, a little bit of tennis love. Get them some tennis equipment, some tennis AeroBars. Again, it'll make it for a very, very fun uh, holiday season. Uh, but with that in mind, for my wonderful co-host, Chris Helioris, our fantastic guest, Kyle Spencer, our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and AeroBar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.